Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Strong Christian Female Podcast. This is a community of women who want to be warriors for Jesus. We are kicking off the desire to be comfortable and embracing a wholehearted abandonment to Jesus Christ, not through legalism, not through works, but through his grace and mercy. We're going to overcome the lies of this culture and replace them with the truth of God's word. So whether you're a grandma, a student, a stay-at-home mom, an entrepreneur, a coffee lover, or a tea drinker, you are welcome here. So let's get started. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Strong Christian Female Podcast. This is Charity. This is a unique episode because I will be actually handing this episode off, so to speak, to a different podcast. The podcast is called Life Has Purpose. It's with Bethany and Ryan Bomberger. They're fantastic. It's a fantastic podcast. My episode on race was actually in the docket. And there was actually clips from a different podcast that I had pegged to use. That will still happen. So this was already in development before the tragic death of George Floyd. I am not responding to George Floyd's death with this podcast. I'm not just responding to any crisis in our nation per se with this podcast. The reason I did this podcast and the reason it's been on the docket since I began this podcast is because our culture has hijacked the conversation on what they call, and I'm air quoting here, racism, when God addressed this issue from the beginning of time. He also addressed this issue again when Christ came. Christ's death unified us as one body in Christ. Jesus and God don't walk around in the Bible going, and he was a brown man, and his skin was this color, and she wasn't very tan, but she was. Like, they don't do that. Yes, there are people groups. Yes, there are ethnic groups. I understand that. But we are not called to be divided. We are called to be united in Christ. This episode is talking to the church. It is sensitive And it is applicable to anyone who has strong opinions on, as we all should, ethnic hatred and any act that is done in the name of prejudice, of ethnic hatred, of what our culture labels racism. Racism is a construct created by man. It is absolutely not God's word in any way. So we need to peel back as the church, the cultural lies that have attached to this conversation, throw those to the side and apply God's truth. The reason we need to take away the cultural lies is because A, they're lies and B, they aren't from God's perspective. God's perspective is actually harder. See, in society, you can just make a stomp your foot, wear a shirt, wear a mask, you know, virtue signal, and then you're all good. But God says, no, that's not even real. That's not even genuine. We need a heart change. We need to love everybody the same, no matter if we are matchy-matchy or not. God calls us to love each other as brothers and sisters in Christ, to be willing to lay our life down for each other, to not just yell at everybody, but to actually act it out in actions. Yelling and being angry masks what's really going on. And God wants to unify us as the body of Christ and to love each other. They will know we are Christians by our love. They will know we love Jesus by our love. We should love others the way Christ loved us. So saying all of that, I want to introduce you to the Life Has Purpose podcast with Bethany and Ryan Bomberger. Their testimony is amazing. They don't go into it a lot in this podcast. They address politics in this very hard conversation. And we need to recognize that we need to look up the truth of our country's history, the truth of what's really happening, 
And if we are going to apply the cultural rules of this topic, we have to swing that door both ways. And that gets ugly really fast. I mean, really ugly, really fast. So God says, don't even go there. That's petty. What are you doing to love your brother and sister in Christ? No matter how tall they are, how short they are, how thin they are, how fit they are, what color their skin is, what color their eyes are, how rich they are, how poor they are. God abolished all of those labels and unified us. So with that, this is a very important conversation. It is done in such love. They do it so eloquently and so beautifully. I, I couldn't possibly think to do it as good as them. So I want you to listen to what they have to say. I think you'll enjoy listening to what they have to say. They're fantastic people. So again, this was the Life Has Purpose podcast, and I'm going to hand it over to them. Hey, hey. Welcome back. Welcome back. It is so good to be back with our friends. Oh my goodness. I'm Ryan Bomberger. And I'm Bethany Bomberger. And you're listening to the Life Has Purpose podcast. We've been in lockdown for so long, but you know what? Life still goes on. You're right. It does still go on. And we've had the very unique opportunity to find that life has purpose in new and unique ways through this entire quarantine. I think the most important thing is during times like this, turn off the news. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, really, it is just... Well, it's the one thing that stays consistent, yes. regardless whether you're in quarantine or out of quarantine. Yes. Blame stream media, fake, fake news, news, it is still unreal. on the move. I mean, you have all these resources. They have all these financial resources to actually bring us the truth, to bring mm -hmm. us the objective truth. But if you don't know it, how are you going to convey it? True. We're all and being the world, right? Always being inconsistent, always being contradictory. And and of course, you know, they, they love feeding fear. Mm -hmm. That's what they do. They want to feed more fear because then you rely on them. I got to tune into this six o'clock to the eight o'clock to the 24 hour news cycle. No, we don't. Right. Sometimes we need to tune them out and better yet, tune God in. Come on. That's what we need. It's true because if we are relying on um, the textbook to live life <laughs> by any of these, even Fox News, CNN, C any of these, NBC, if we're relying on these things to be our textbook for how to live life and how to perceive life and the filter by which we weigh all the things that come at us, then we're going to fail the course. <laughs> yes, we are. And especially when that course is race mm. the easy subject on the planet people mm -hmm. trust me if it was um on a list of things to talk about this probably wouldn't have been our very first thing but i definitely know that there is the heart of god that wants to speak into what's happening in our nation right now and and, and he has something to say about what we're hearing and what we're walking through right i think it's important just to lay some groundwork here because mm -hmm. when we talk about the issue of race, we have to understand it is a made-up construct. Say that again, because that's very interesting. We we kind of have, especially for me, over the years and growing up until the last few years, I've adopted that mindset that there are many races, and I've just sort of taken that at face value. But if you go back to the Bible, which is the ultimate history book, right? It's the ultimate, um, the, the book on thinking critically and understanding the creation. Then you realize that we aren't multiple races. Not at all. And in fact, if race was so important, um, of course it comes down mostly to color, 
then why doesn't the Bible fixate on color? And it doesn't. You don't even know the right. color of the individual because that didn't matter. It was that content. It was that character. It was where is your spirit oriented? Right. Is it oriented toward God or toward man? Right. Because when we talk about being one human race, we look at the word of God, we realize that in 1 Corinthians Adam is referred to, it says the first man, Adam became a living being. Then Genesis three twenty says, Adam calls his wife Eve because she was the mother of all living things. So you're talking about one man and one woman that is who began the human race. And let's not forget in Acts 17, 26, where it says from one man, he made all nations that they should inhabit the whole earth from one man, from one blood, we are created. Mm hmm. And it says further in Acts 17, 28, for in him we live and we move and we have our being. And I've heard that so many times as a child, but never quite heard the, the latter part of that verse. And it says, as some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. We are the children of God. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. So we have to start from a place that understands that we are brothers and sisters in Christ and we are all sinners saved by grace. Yes. And if that isn't our foundation for any discussion that we have on race, then we're never going to be able to come back to that. And we're never going to understand true reconciliation. Right. We're going to get lost in the muddy part that comes after that. Our starting point is going to be wrong and our end point is going to be wrong. Right. If our premise is faulty, then it doesn't matter what the conversation is after that. And we get to understand race as we mentioned, it was a human construct. In fact, the first time it was seen was, I guess, 1758 with Carl Linnaeus, who was considered the father of taxonomy. And this is interesting to understand the origin of things because he, he split human beings into different groups, European, uh, white European, dark uh, Asiatic, red American, and black Negro. But <laughs> this, these are the terms that he gave them. But then he would give these subjective terms to them, calling, you know, for instance, anytime he referred to... Europeans, he would refer to them as hopeful Europeans, and then the sad and rigid Asiatics, and then the irascible American natives, mm -mm. and calm and lazy Africans. Mm -mm. Give me a break. Come on. I mean, this is what happens when humankind depends on its own logic and its own knowledge. It's just foolishness. But unfortunately, from that, we have uh, we have adopted this. Mm -hmm. I mean, we see it in all so many forms. And in fact, I never check them. Are you black? Are you white? Are you Asian? Are you? I'm human. Mm -hmm. Give me the box that says human. Mm -hmm. And yet, as a society, actually as a world, we've adopted this lie that separates us into different categories. You see it everywhere. I'm not just talking about forms, but it's in every facet of life, and it's in the church. Where we see each other as, you know, you're the black community in this church and you're the Asian community in this church. Is that biblical? When you talk about the truth, the truth withstands every situation and every circumstance. Okay. So as parents who are, you know, parenting biracial, quote unquote, biracial family, we have quote unquote mixed kids and, you know, black child and, and, and all these different hues, we have to come to a truth that withstands every situation. So when we're talking about, hi, this is the body of the black body of Christ in the church, the black community, and you have the white body of Christ. 
Christ in the church. Then I have these children who are biracial and they're like, well, where do I fit in? And that truth, which is not God's truth, will ultimately lead them into a life of internal confusion and of an identity crisis that God doesn't have for them. So we have to say, listen, we are all part of the body of Christ. Like you said, we are all one blood, one body. Yes. Yes. And that truth, the truth will withstand every situation. So within our family, within our interpersonal relationships, as we begin conversations, as we end conversations in our house, it begins and it ends with the fact that you are a child of God and that every single, you know, adjective that you want to add to the word Christian, Mm -hmm. those adjectives unnecessary is unnecessary. (laughs) And you are a Christian point blank. Period. I love it. It's Priscilla Shire who yes. says, I'm not a black Christian. I'm a Christian who just happens to be black. Yes. And when we adopt that mentality, we are seeing through the right lens. Mm-hmm. I mean, and anytime we talk about race here and we say biracial or multiracial, we're putting quotes around this. So instead of saying that throughout the entire show, just understand we reject this whole construct of race. Yeah. As Christians, we reject it because it is not biblical. It is not a godly way of looking at at things and situations. Now I understand. Obviously, we've we've got history here in the in the United States. We right. have you know world history where people have chosen certain characteristics. It's not always been the color of our skin. It could have been because of a particular culture. I mean, you can go throughout world history and see the inhumanity of humankind. And of course, we we see some of the repercussions of slavery in this country, which was race based right but that was based on a lie we don't need to embrace the lie in order to help usher more healing in in those situations which need healing but i will also say in 2020 america is not the same place that it used to be justice is often slow in coming (laughs) but we are a radically different country so I reject those who and reject the the mindset that says that somehow we are even more racist country today than we were during the 50s and the 60s. Come on, people. When you and I could not have even been married. Oh, my gosh. Just so that there's no confusion, we are not denying that there are racial injustices. We are not denying that as a society, we need to look at things that need to be changed. We need to recognize the fact that there are still injustices happening. That is 100% a sure thing. And in the world, we're going to find that there's going to be injustices from now until our death. And we're going to find that there's going to be things that we have to recognize, call out and deal with. Absolutely. If this was still the 60s, however, honey, you and I couldn't have even legally been married. How crazy is that? Right. So if you think about the world in the 60s and where we've come from that time, think about it. On June um, 12th, 1967, the Supreme Court, it was the Loving versus Virginia landmark case, unanimously struck down laws banning interracial marriage. And there were so many of these laws in place in states across the country. Uh, they were called anti-miscegenation laws. Right. And they wouldn't allow someone brown like me and someone off-white like you <laughs> to be married. Oftentimes, people don't realize where these laws came from. But we have to keep in mind that these laws were laws that the Democrat Party, the Democratic Party, fully supported. See, I'm all about history. I'm all about factivism. We are all about factivism. But the South always gets beat up 
all the time by fake news media and the public education system as if racism only happened in the South. But, but let me give you a perfect example. In 1935, Democratic Representative Dorian Todd in the state of Washington tried to push through an anti-interracial or anti-miscegenation law, marriage law, barring whites from marrying anybody other than other whites. So that was whether you had black skin, brown skin, yellow, it didn't even matter. It was a law to, to bar all of that. The bill failed. But in 1937, another Democrat, Senator Earl Maxwell, tried the same thing, and he failed. See, I just need people to understand, the Democrat Party was the party of slavery, of Jim Crow, of voter suppression, and anti-miscegenation. It was the party that created the KKK and terrorized both whites and blacks. But if you read anything from public education or fake news media about the abolition of slavery and who fought for civil rights, you think it was the Democrats. In fact, for years, the Democrat Party's official website ridiculously stated this. We've worked to pass every one of our nation's civil rights laws on every civil rights issue. Democrats have led the fight. What? And it's interesting because the argument often comes, Ryan, when people say that's a different Democrat Party than the Democrat Party today. So what would you say to that? You know, that's a great question. People often say, well, they switch and then they give all kinds of different time frames and nothing that makes any sense. It was the Republican Party that was the party of abolition. The Republican Party came into existence to abolish the evil of slavery. Mm -hmm. And they did that through the 13th Amendment. They also passed the 14th Amendment and the 15th Amendment. 14th Amendment giving people of my complexion, you know, citizenship, recognizing our humanity. And of course, the 15th Amendment giving black men the right to vote. And it took the 19th Amendment, of course, to give women the right to vote. But that didn't seal the deal, of course. So there were civil rights laws passed over and over again. The Civil Rights Law of 1875, which unfortunately was then deemed you know, unconstitutional by the Supreme Court back then. But that particular civil rights bill written and passed by the Republican Party was the the basis for the Civil Rights Act of 64. So mm. you had the Civil Rights Act of 57 and 64 and 65 and 68. And the interesting thing is, if in fact there was some switch, when did this magical switch happen? People often say, well, it was during the 60s. The Dixiecrats, they dropped off. The Southern Democrats, they dropped off and they switched parties. And, of course, they can only name one or two people who switched parties. But let me give you an example. This is actually from one of our articles on radiance.life slash VRA. It's about the Voting Rights Act of 65. Just to give you some a breakdown of the statistics, who voted for it? 69% of Democrats voted for that. Yet 94% of the GOP in the Senate voted for it. So that's 69% versus 94%. Who voted against it? 24% of Democrats, 6% of the GOP. But this is not the picture you get from mainstream media. It's not the picture you get from Hollywood and from public education. So you're, you're just talking, if you look at every single civil rights bill in the 20th century, between the 57, 64, 65, 68 civil rights bills, it was always the Republicans who voted in far larger margins. Mm. So the Democrat Party website should say, you know what, we fought against every possible civil rights bill out there. But that doesn't have the same ring to it. Life has purpose. In the midst of having this discussion, we 100% understand that Jesus Christ doesn't have a D, an R, an I next to his name. He's not a Democrat God, a Republican God, an independent. But when we're looking at these platforms, it would be 
a huge um, issue. It's a huge issue in my heart. We don't understand where the party platform stands right. on these issues. Absolutely. And you know, if you look at all of the issues, you want to look at the issues of life. You want to look at who's passing, who's passing the laws that not only allow abortion without restriction, but they're also part of their platform is that infanticide um, should be legal. You look at these platforms where they are today. And unfortunately, the Democrats are leading in issues that aren't lining up with a biblical base. Right. Because they, they lead on issues that, that bring deterioration to the family. And they need that. I'm not talking about Democrats in general. I'm talking about politicians in general. They need right. people to depend on them. Our salvation people is never going to be from any political party. No, it won't. It will not be. We know where our salvation comes from. <laughs> it is from the one and only Savior, the King of all kings. I was just thinking, statesman and uh, philosopher Edmund Burke once said, those who don't know their history are doomed to repeat it. And so many Americans don't know their history. And these are, these are uh, mountains we don't have to keep going around. Let's take the mountain. Let's stop going around the base of it. Christians, let's have conversations that deal with race, but let's not come out at the same place we were. We can't come back to this place that says it's us versus them. Exactly. Because then it, it says this isn't a sin issue. Right. This is a skin issue. And just a skin issue. Yes. And, and that's what a lot mm -hmm. of people want to to conclude with. And that's not the issue. Humankind is sinful. Right. And that sin manifests in so many different ways. Right. It's not just racism. Racism is a sin. Absolutely. And we mm -hmm. denounce it. Mm -hmm. But it is one of many, many sins. And I think part of the sin that the church is committing today is one, distorting history often in order to have some of these conversations right. where we're grouping mm -hmm. people. We're putting, we're using critical race theory, really, right. and saying that there are two groups. There's the oppressed and the oppressors. And guess who are in the oppressed groups? People of my complexion. Guess who are in the oppressor group? People of my complexion. It's... This is not biblical at all. And yet it's spreading through Catholic and Protestant churches like a cancer. Right. This is and, not and a biblical lens. There is something to be said for looking at history, looking at who was the oppressor, who were the oppressed people. And let's talk about it. Let's move through it. But I'll tell you what. I don't know who said this quote and I've looked and I can't find who said it, but it stuck with me. It ran in my family till it ran into me. As a Christian, we are anointed to take authority over generational curses. So when we're having this discussion, I don't hear people inputting that. This is what history says has happened. This is where we've been. But right now, who you were then isn't who you are now. And that's the essence of Christianity. <laughs> I mean, we're new creations, and I'm grateful for Christians who saw slavery for the evil that it was. Yeah. White Christians, black Christians who fought together to end the sin of slavery. One of my favorite childhood heroes, Frederick Douglass, mm -hmm. who was famed abolitionist. He was a former slave. And Had great hair, <laughs> just that, like you, babe. I will have one day. Uh, actually, with this well, lockdown, mm -hmm. it's going to be attainable. <laughs> well, we just need to part it in a different spot. You're not that far off. Yeah, not yes. that far off. Hmm. But I'm telling you, I I admire 
this individual so much because he had a God perspective on things. Mm -hmm. And so here is someone who was looked at as subhuman simply because of the color of his skin, but he still rooted for America. Initially, for instance, he opposed the Constitution and then realized that it is the instrument, it is the tool of liberation. And so if you have someone who, who lived through slavery, who then still looks at, at America as a shining city on a hill, who still looks at white people as his brothers, then why can't we in 2020 have that same sort of mentality? This quote is actually from his speech called The Blessings of Liberty and Education. And he says, quote, I go further and declare that no man's devotion to the cause of justice, liberty, and humanity is to be weighed, measured, and determined by his mm. color or race. And then he continues, we should never forget that the ablest and most eloquent voices ever raised in behalf of the black man's cause were the voices of white men. Not for the race, not for color, but for man and manhood alone. They labored, fought, and died. What End a quote. powerful force for racial reconciliation. I'm thinking of Martin Luther King's speech also where he said, I live for the day that it's not black power or white power. It's human power and God's power. Amen. And this is going to lead us into... What can be a really difficult conversation, but we're going to have it. We're going to talk about the injustice, the blamestream media, LeBron James. What does he have to do with any of this? And talk about the, the horrific killing of Ahmad Arbery. You're listening to Life Has Purpose with Ryan and Bethany Bomberger. Life Has Purpose. Martin Luther King Jr. knew that racism had only one cure. Men will recognize that out of one blood, God made all men to dwell upon the face of the earth. Let us be dissatisfied until that day when nobody will shout white power, when nobody will shout black power, but everybody will talk about God's power and human power. Five decades ago, we lost a champion, but we didn't lose the truth. We are one human race. Learn more at RadianceFoundation.org. All right, everybody, that is the first part of this podcast. Lot to chew on, lot to listen to, lot to just really meditate on. We will continue this podcast in part two. Again, it will be Bethany and Ryan Bomberger again. And I just pray for us right now, God, that we have open hearts and we seek your word and we seek you on this issue as we move forward through the coming weeks where we will see the culture try to divide the church and divide our country with a very specific narrative. God, we do want to mourn for those that are mourning right now. We do not negate injustice for any political party, nor do we shy away from hard conversation in love. God, we ask that we are delicate, heartfelt, and truthful during this time. Help us, Jesus, to navigate these very tricky, tricky, tricky waters. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, see you next time.